in several places. Uh, we keep on having this recurring thought. Um, I'm afraid it's just human nature sometimes to to look at our present situation as if it was out of our control and that um, we've heard so many times as a as a kid that uh, you know parents trying to to encourage uh, their children not to have a a attitude of quitting that you that they that good don't come to nobody that has an attitude or that's ready to quit before it even gets hard. That uh, I used to say, uh, it had been told to him, and I can't, uh, won't, and it's too lazy to try. I think that's how it, how it goes. And we heard another one uh, this week that uh, uh, I'm sure I'm not going to get this right, but that Clarence Thomas's father told him that uh, I won't is, is a dead man and I buried him. And, uh, and how important it is to be determined uh, when we attack a problem. Now, we can carry that too far, right? We've heard a lot of people say um, it was the attitude of a lot of Americans that you got to pull yourself, your own self up by your bootstraps. Um, and, you know, I mean... You ain't any lower uh, than if you're so low that you're down below your bootstraps and that you would reach up to them to pull yourself up, I guess, is the picture. Uh, if I understand that right, is the picture uh, that they're trying to portray. But um, it's important uh, to realize that a lot of times, not so much that we're the only person uh, that can help ourselves, uh, but that... Um, if we have the wrong attitude, we definitely are the person that can hinder ourselves. Uh, but I'm not going to preach you a message on that you need to have a positive attitude. Uh, I'm not going to try to use some kind of psycho psychology on you and to tell you mind over matter. Uh, but there's a lot to be said that we need to understand the Scripture. Uh, we need to understand what's taking place. Uh, we had this discussion with our father, and, and this is the recurring thought. We've preached a message about a lot of times um, uh, in James' day, uh, there was people that were saying that they were tempted of God. Now, why, why would somebody say that I'm tempted of God? Uh, we, uh, we, do we hear that today as people saying, that they're tempted of God? Well, yeah, we are here. We actually hear it. It's worded a little bit different, right? But if God made me a sodomite, and I know they don't use them words, right? Well, they say gay or transgender or lesbian or whatever. But if, if God made me that way, how can it be wrong? Well, uh, what this very thing is is, is exactly uh, what James was talking about way back there in the first uh, the first uh, chapter of James is that uh, God's tempted me, right? He tempted me by giving me the very nature that I have. We're all born unto sin. Now, I'm not going to argue with whether God would make you one way. I know this. I know that there are certain families uh, uh, where there are certain sins that are prevalent, uh, whether you would say that is uh, uh, nature or nurturing, uh, uh, whether you would say that's because they're in the same environment and so therefore 
Uh, children have, uh, happen to have the tendency to be drunkards because they grow up in a drunkard's home and they see that's how, uh, uh, that, that, that's how their parents coped with their problems. So they'll, therefore, they'll cope with them. Well, you know, uh, we also know that there are people, uh, certain segments in our population that seem to be stricken uh, with drunkenness more than others. Could we say they were born that way? I'm sure that there are those, they say that there is a drunken gene uh, that, uh, that will increase your um, chances exponentially. That if you take, listen to this though, see what I'm coming up with? That if you taste alcohol, that maybe just one time, uh, that you'll be an alcoholic for the rest of your life. I don't know uh, if that's true or not, but I do know this, that if you never taste that alcohol, uh, bless your heart, uh, you'll never become an alcoholic, right? Uh, so we do know that there are certain sins within, uh, and there are certain people within the segment of our population uh, that are going to struggle with one sin uh, more than the other. Uh, so therefore, uh, uh, is it not uh, foolish on our part to say because somebody uh, has a propensity or, or, or they lack the ability uh, to resist this sin, so therefore uh, God's not going to judge them. That's, that's silliness. Uh, uh, but we know that Jesus Christ came because all have sinned and, fall, and fallen short of the glory of God. And I don't know, it doesn't matter uh, what sin that might have been. And I, it doesn't matter if it was a re reoccurring sin. I, uh, uh, the point being is, is that Jesus has made a way. But yet, and so, and, and, and James's time, there was those that said uh, uh, that I am tempted because uh, uh, of, of God. And the Bible says in the uh, first chapter of James, uh, in the twelfth ver uh, verse, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, uh, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, uh, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Uh, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Uh, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Uh, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Uh, uh, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth de uh, a death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Uh, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights uh, uh, with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. And I know we read this verse uh, 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 last week or several uh, uh, weeks ago. I don't know. I don't keep track of none of that. Uh, uh, but you know, uh, we live in a day where a lot of people uh, uh, that uh, raised in church uh, uh, know better than to say uh, uh, that the Lord uh, uh, has tempted him. Uh, uh, we know that we, uh, the Bible says, but every man is tempted uh, when he is drawn away of his own lust uh, and enticed. Uh, uh, all right now. Uh, so what is it saying here? Uh, is it saying that Jesus uh, or that God don't tempt us uh, uh, but the devil does. Uh, well it ain't saying that but we know the devil uh, uh, in the Bible is referred to uh, as the tempter. Uh, uh, but we cannot uh, 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 we cannot blame the devil uh, uh, for every temptation. Uh, uh, him knowing uh, mankind uh, uh, 
than being a master of statistics. Uh, he knows when he places uh, a certain temptation uh, in the front of man. Uh, he knows right down. He's a study of human nature. Uh, uh, he knows that 44 people uh, out of 50 are going to do this. Uh, uh, give another temptation uh, and 37 out of uh, uh, 40 are going to do this. Uh, and on and on. Uh, but the Bible don't say uh, uh, that we are tempted of the devil. Uh, uh, the Bible says we are tempted uh, uh, when we are drawn away uh, of our own lust. Uh, all right now. Uh, uh, we know that the Bible also says uh, uh, that we can be tempted of Satan. Uh, are they one and the same? Uh, uh, well, James was trying to tell us uh, and trying to reveal to us uh, uh, that we are born sin. Uh, and because we're born into sin, uh, we have a lustful heart. Uh, but if we are praying uh, that the Lord would move, remove Satan uh, from tempting us, uh, and then we ourselves uh, is still warring with the flesh uh, and thinking God hasn't answered our problem uh, or our prayer, uh, well maybe uh, we're praying for the wrong thing. Uh, maybe it's not uh, so much that Satan's tempting us uh, but it's that we're our own enemy uh, now let us think about that for a minute uh, it lusts, what does that mean uh, we can lust after anything uh, a lot of times uh, we think about sexual desire uh, and so we could just expound on that uh, for a little bit uh, the Bible even talks about uh, over there I think it is in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, where it talks about uh, uh, the Lord. Uh, uh, if you were, uh, uh, we could turn there. Uh, uh, it says here, uh, over here, and First uh, Corinthians uh, in the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the. Uh, seventh chapter uh, in the second verse uh, it says nevertheless uh, to avoid fornication uh, let every man have his own wife uh, and let every woman have her own husband uh, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence uh, and likewise also the wife uh, unto the husband uh, uh, the wife hath not power of her own body uh, uh, but the husband uh, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body but the wife defraud not one of the other except it be with consent for a time that we may give that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency I can't hardly say the word uh, but what it means is uh, a fleshly desire. Uh, but you know what? Uh, when a man, uh, when a man uh, longs to be with his wife, it's not sin uh, and it's not lust. Uh, but the Bible even tells us uh, that when we get to when we are married, uh, my body's no longer my body, 
It's my wife's. And her body's no longer her body, but it's her husband. But the secret to it is that we are only in a time of fasting and prayer are we to withhold ourselves from one another and then that we must come into agreement. That's how beautiful. You say that ain't beautiful. Well, it is if you love your wife or wives you love your husband. How beautiful it is that you genuinely become one flesh. But I'm thankful that as the Lord shows us this, that we need to understand how important it is when you pick your spouse. Because when you become one flesh, that Satan himself, the Bible says, I'm not tempted of God, but I am tempted when I'm drawn away by my own lust. But here we find that Satan can take that natural desire between a husband and a wife and he can use that to destroy a Christian. Do you see that there? That by whom we choose to be married with, if it's not a godly person, then that there it gives a foothold for Satan then to tempt us the rest of our lives. Men, that's why we need to be men. And ladies, that's why you need to be a godly wife because you can actually be a temptation. No, you can actually let Satan himself come between you and God. And you don't. And you might think that what you're doing is of really no significance. But the point I want to make tonight or this afternoon is that we need to understand. Yes, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities. But we're also fighting against flesh and blood. And the Bible says we're fighting against our own flesh. And so when I was in sin, I was a servant to sin. I was in chains to Satan. But when the Lord saved me, then the Bible tells me that then I'm no longer a servant of Satan. I'm a servant of the Most High God. But I still got to deal with the flesh. And because of that I've got a more the Bible says if you want to turn there you can turn over there in Romans in the 8th chapter and the 13th verse it says for if you live after the flesh ye shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live for as many are as led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if children and heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with Him that we may be also glorified together 
uh, 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 glorified together. Uh, for I reckon uh, uh, that the sufferings uh, of this present time uh, are not worthy to be compared uh, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And so here it says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Do you see here once again, the battle is with the flesh. And yes, Satan can use our flesh, but as Christians, we need to understand that we have the Spirit of God uh, to bring victory to us. Uh, what's the definition of mortify? It says uh, to destroy, to subdue, or bring into subjection as the bodily appetites of abstinence or rigorous severities to subdue to abase to humble to reduce to restrain as inordinate passion to humble to depress to afflict with slight vexation to destroy active powers or essential qualities we've got a responsibility there are a lot of people uh, uh, that for whatever reason uh, uh, want to blame the uh, want to blame uh, 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 Christ Jesus uh, uh, when they are tempted. Uh, and there are others that would wag their finger uh, at somebody and says God don't tempt you, uh, and would want to blame Satan uh, uh, for every temptation. Uh, and I'm afraid they do that because uh, they want to remove themselves uh, from the responsibility. Uh, of the decisions they're making. Trash in, trash out. Listen, if you're having dirty thoughts, because what you've seen on the television, Satan didn't put it there. You did. Satan wasn't the one that told you to turn to Channel 3 at a particular time. And when you've seen what you've seen, you didn't turn it off. You were feeding the flesh. We've got nothing to do with it and neither did the devil and then we wring our hands and we say God oh help me uh, Satan said this or Satan no he didn't uh, you tuned your ear to what you wanted to hear that's why we need to understand that we're out of, in a warfare that me and you are more than victorious. We are heirs and joint heirs, glory to God, with Christ Jesus. I'm no longer a slave to Satan. He's no longer my master. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's already won the victory. So then why do you want to blame the devil for your wicked life? So how then... Uh, do we mortify uh, the body? Uh, let's think about that for a minute. If we are drawn away uh, by our own lust, uh, and when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, uh, and sin death. Uh, as old Barney
25 used to say, we need a nip it in the bud. We need to kill it before it kills us. We need to understand that if we feed the flesh, we'll reap corruption. We need to understand that we ourselves are our own worst enemy and we must decrease in order that Christ Jesus might increase. We need to yield to the Spirit. But I'm afraid that so many yielded to the flesh to the point. What did it say? It says, and we could read it again if you'd like to. It says here, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Listen, there's never a man that ever has committed a sin with his body that he didn't first commit it uh, with his mind. Uh, so how you get victory is uh, you give Jesus Christ uh, not only your body, uh, but you give him your mind. Uh, and then you let him elevate your mind uh, uh, from the lustly desires of this world. Uh, you are more, I want to tell you. I don't want to beat you up tonight, uh, but I want to encourage you. The Bible says uh, you are more than conquerors. Uh, through Christ Jesus, he made the way. And if you think you're hearing the devil, maybe you need to get born again. Yes, the devil can tempt us. And he can tempt us with the most tender relationships we have. But we're not at the, uh, at the uh, disposal of Satan. But I'm afraid that we haven't killed we haven't mortified uh, the deeds of the flesh uh, and because of it uh, we lack self control uh, I'm not telling you mind over matter uh, I'm telling you we have access uh, to the Holy Ghost uh, and he'll give you the strength uh, to overcome yourself uh, and not only run off the devil because there's a lot of them and this guy on, their, uh, guy on the altar uh, knelt beside their bed uh, and said, Oh God, I can't take the temptation anymore. Uh, and the Lord's ran the devil off. Uh, but the temptation still remains because uh, the warfare uh, in your particular life uh, is not between uh, God and the devil. Uh, it's between God and the flesh. Uh, so then how, far, how is it uh, that we can find uh, a victory in Christ uh, by resisting uh, the flesh. Uh, uh, we're somewhat hesitant uh, sometimes uh, to preach it uh, because some uh, there are those uh, that might criticize and say, oh, uh, he's talking about, uh, he's trying to elevate himself uh, about his strong uh, ability to resist this or that. But the Bible don't say if you uh, fast 
It says when you fast. It is a Christian practice that helps us mortify the flesh. When you fast, fast to the Lord. And you'll see, you know, there's some people I know that are so full of themselves, so self-righteous. They think they're better than everybody else. But when you start talking about fasting, they ain't never done it. And if they've done it, they missed a meal here or they missed a meal there or they fasted and gave up chocolate or they fasted and gave up this or they gave up and they never had a water fast for any extended period of time. And why is that? I don't know. But I will tell you this. If you have a water fast where you drink nothing and eat, where you eat nothing and drink only water, it won't be but a few days and you'll realize, oh God, I'm so undone. I can't even live without food. But I want to tell you something. It'll set your mind to where you can see and look and think. When you come off that fast, glory to God, you can truly bow your head and say, thank you, Jesus, for providing me with this physical food. You've met my needs every day of my life. I can't live without food. So then, can we live without adultery? Can we live without idolatry? Yes, but we can't live without food. And if you mortify your body, and if the Lord can strengthen you, and you go without food, when old Satan, if you want to say it's Satan, or whether it's the flesh, and it might be one, and it might be the other. You know, Jesus Christ was 100% God and 100% man, but he was not born with a sinful, a sinful nature. He was God in the flesh. And in order for him to be tempted, Satan had to come to him. And he said, and the Bible said what? When he was fasting for 40 days, then Satan come to him and began to tempt him. I don't care if you're tempted. You say, Daryl, I can't fast. I've got health problems. I got this or I got that. All right. You know what? There's some people that I know of. It don't matter what it is that they can become addicted to. And you know what? Those that seem to be the most successful, oh, I speak as if, as a man, I speak not of the spiritual things of God. But there's been a many alcoholic that gave up alcohol without uh, without uh, being a Christian, uh, without asking Jesus uh, uh, to take control, uh, and most of them uh, that it, uh, that are successful uh, quit cold turkey. Uh, uh, I don't mean to offend nobody. Uh, there's a man in particular. Uh, if you ever mention smoking at all, uh, he'd get all puffed up. Uh, but I can remember as a kid. Uh, uh, now I didn't. It, it didn't matter to me none. Uh, my father. 
father didn't smoke. I, my grandfather didn't smoke, though he did at one time. I, but I can remember as a kid now, I, uh, this was me. I, uh, as, a, as a small child I, uh, that had yet been born again, I, I can remember I, uh, preachers coming I, and having a pack of Marlboros I, uh, in their pocket. And you could see it through their white shirt. I, and I tell you, I would to God I, uh, that those uh, that, uh, uh, that think uh, smoking will send you straight to hell. I, I wish they could preach half as good I, as some of them old timey preachers did. I, and boy, they'd preach fire and hell. I, uh, hell uh, hellfire and brimstone as the old saying goes. I, and you can see that pack of cigarettes I, in their pocket. I, uh, but I hadn't worked it out in my mind. I, I didn't think it was right or whether it was wrong. I, but I will tell you this. I, I can remember I, when the service would go long. I, uh, when people was getting blessed. I, when some was coming to the altar. I, 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 and people were praying through. I, and they'd get up off the altar. I, and somebody would start preaching. I, or testifying. I, and shouting. I, and I could see all of that. And I couldn't. I, I didn't fully understand it all. I, but I knew what the presence of the Lord was. I, and then I'd see somebody have to go out the back door. I, oh, why? Because I, it went past noon. I, and he's out there smoking a cigarette. I, you know what? It didn't matter to me. I, if I had book, chapter, verse, I, of whether it was right or wrong, I, that man there I, I was controlled I, uh, by a little cigarette. I, and if I remember correctly, I, uh, Paul said, I, and I ain't talking about your body being a holy temple, I, but he said, I'll not be ruled by none. I, I'll bring my body under subjection I, I, through Christ Jesus. I, I, but they had to step out. I, why? Because I, I, there's something got a hold of them I, and it wasn't God. Amen? I, and so it is I, that we need to be careful. I, um, but that's easy, isn't it? No. I heard a man once say uh, that uh, quitting smoking is easy. He'd done it over 20 times. Well, you know what? I reckon quit might be easy, but staying quit was a whole other entire thing when it come to that man. But food, my friend, is something that some people are addicted to. But you can't cut it. You can't quit that cold turkey. Or can you? Well, I'd encourage you to say, yes, I can through Christ Jesus and the Lord can help you not be addicted to it anymore you're going to have to quit for cold turkey for a while let the Lord tell you when your next meal is but I want to take I'm saying all this to say that there was a man in particular that if you mentioned smoking at all just like did I say smoking was a sin no I didn't but I want to tell you something that the Holy Spirit's told you otherwise uh, you better listen to him uh, and not me but he'd get so angry uh, I preached a message once uh, because he just couldn't stand uh, 
eternal security. And when I was a kid, and I reckon maybe when he was too, that you'd hear some old, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And they would, there were certain people and certain preachers that would say that to in order to excuse sin. And we preached a message once. And some of you was there. Oh, he's at a, 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 a little a, a, a campground like or a picnic ground. And I said, the difference being this, there are those that say, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I said, but my granddaddy preached it and lived it. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And the difference is what we put the emphasis on. That man got so mad. He got on his Harley and he tore out of there. And I can remember it like as yesterday. He relayed this to his wife. She's dead and gone now. He said, I ain't no sinner. Oh my God, my God. Oh, what have we told ourselves? The Bible says in 1 John, and you could turn there, but it says that if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. I am a sinner saved by grace, but glory be to God that He has saved me, that He presently walks with me, that His grace flows over me and I know good and well uh, that Daryl uh, uh, flesh uh, is weak uh, though the spirit is willing uh, so therefore uh, I don't pray uh, uh, in certain times Lord uh, uh, please drive Satan away from me uh, but I say Lord uh, uh, please uh, strengthen the flesh uh, God help me bring this flesh into subjection uh, and when we do we can find victory well, you know, there's some that would say, well, I can't fast uh, for this reason or that. Well, what's defeating you in your Christian life? Well, let's uh, address that now. Uh, can you imagine? Uh, there are some people that uh, didn't mortify uh, the deeds of the flesh to bring the flesh under subjection. Uh, we can do it with food. Uh, uh, we can see how weak we are and we can ask God uh, to strengthen us. But, uh, but there's not everybody that can do that. Uh, you know, I know there's certain people uh, that be willing to go all week without food uh, that wouldn't dare lay their phone down. Uh, oh, Dale, don't you preach against phones? Uh, there ain't nothing wrong with it. Uh, I'm not telling you uh, uh, that if there's anything wrong with it, uh, uh, but you're already too prickly and too touchy. Uh, 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 and love your phone too much uh, that when I mentioned it if that was your natural response uh, oh, well then the last thing you need to be doing is quitting food uh, except by quitting food uh, uh, the Lord might reveal to you uh, uh, that you, you love your phone uh, more than you love God uh, have you seen there are people uh, that look at their phone uh, in a given day more than they look at their wife uh, or their husband uh, or their children 
Uh, do you hear what I'm saying? Uh, we can make an idol out of anything. A uh, matter of fact, uh, that's what it talks about a lot of times. Uh, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life. Temptation comes in many different forms, in many different things. And we need to understand that. Because if we do, we can find a victory. It says now in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 6th verse, now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now once again, he's speaking about lust. And we know that when we are tempted, it is because we have been drawn away by by Satan? Well, possibly, but not necessarily, but by our lust. And it says, should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, speaking about the Israelites, neither be idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So then how do we defeat the flesh by not sitting down and eating? eating and drinking and raising up to play. So what are you spending your time with? If it is your phone, there are people that can't even have a conversation. I'm not talking about the world now. I'm talking about so-called Christians that can't have an extended conversation with you without looking at their phone two or three times. It would do you well to fast. Not with a water fast, but to lay down your phone uh, for a week, uh, you know, I su- you can suggest that to somebody uh, uh, that's hypoglycemic, uh, or maybe that they're diabetic, uh, and some of them uh, would say, "Yeah, that's something I could do." Uh, and then others would say, "Well, no, I gotta have my phone." Uh, uh, so what is it? Uh, you can't live without food, uh, and you can't live without your phone. Uh, uh, can you spend all eternity uh, uh, without a savior? Uh, uh, the answer is no, uh, and you need to get down to business and mortify the flesh because it's the flesh that's going to destroy you and Satan can stand back and watch it and not have to do a thing we know that there are those that are their own worst enemy and it can be your phone it can be the computer but the point being is we need to learn to resist fleshly lust we need to learn how to resist temptation and if we make a practice of it we can become more victorious in Christ Jesus I can remember one of the first few times that I fasted and then the Lord come excuse me uh, but I can remember that there was actually thing. I'm not talking about the warfare that goes within your mind but I'm talking about events that fall in place uh, you know we're so quick aren't we Oh, we're so quick to attribute, well, this happened and then this happened and then this happened. It must be the Lord's will. How many have we heard people uh, say that? Have you ever heard people say that? Oh, well, obviously it must have been. Uh, I heard a man once. Uh, he was married and divorced and supposed to be a preacher. And uh, he always, he always wanted to t- uh, tell everybody that he got a chance that women can't preach. After all, uh, uh, the Bible says uh, uh, that, uh, 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 that a bishop is to be the husband of one wife. 
like, well, you know what? Uh, if uh, you read that verse, uh, uh, the secondary meaning possibly uh, is that a woman can't preach uh, or can't be a bishop uh, uh, because obviously uh, she can't be the, unless we live in today's society. Uh, uh, but in reality, uh, she can't be the husband of one wife. Uh, but you know why? That, that was not why Paul said that. Uh, uh, he was not making the point, uh, even though that could be a secondary understanding uh, of that scripture. Uh, the point he was meaning was uh, is that a, a bishop uh, couldn't have more than one living wife. Uh, and this man for years would say, well, I know a woman can't be a preacher. Uh, she can't be the husband uh, of one wife. Uh, uh, but you know what? Uh, that man's married now uh, after being divorced from his first wife and I don't know how many times he's quoted that scripture but he's blind to the primary understanding of that scripture and he even said that the Lord brought this woman into his life how many have we heard well this event happened and this event happened and the, and the Lord always gets the blame for it when it's something that we want but there ain't so many people that blame the devil when this event comes and falls into place and then this event and that event. I'd have to say uh, uh, that if anybody sent that woman uh, uh, by Randy's way uh, that it wasn't the Lord uh, is the devil. Uh, so then uh, uh, we make God a liar. Is that not what the scripture said uh, uh, when it says we have not sinned? Uh, can you make God, what's he meaning there? Uh, he's meaning that by our actions uh, uh, we are declaring to the world and that God ain't truth and you'll have to give an account for it whether it's your flesh or whether it's because you're serving a Satan but I want to tell you this that sometimes those very things that fall into place have nothing to do with God and they are Satan seeing your weakness and going to use your flesh and because you don't have your flesh under subjection he's going to use it again you so that's why it's very important for us Christians to mortify the flesh uh, and the deeds thereof in order uh, that I can remember I hadn't was I think it was the first time I fasted my memory's not that good but I can remember uh, that there was one of these events where the events all fell into place and it wasn't the working of God as much as it was uh, Satan or at least I would never dare attribute it to God because God don't uh, God don't tempt us. And so I can remember thinking about that and thinking, Daryl, this ain't nothing. At one time, this would have been, uh, I would have not succumbed to it, praise the Lord, but I would have not warred with it. Or I would have warred with it a lot longer. But I knew that, hey, I, I resisted hunger pains. I resisted doing what is natural that, that is needful, right? That is, that is absolutely essential to life itself. And I just turned and walked away. And you know why? Because there's power when in our weakness we're made strong. Um, I had, back when I lived off of carbs and caffeine, I was somewhat hypoglycemic. There was times... My sugar would plummet. Well, you know, God didn't make us to live off of carbs and caffeine. And, and I, I soon realized that. Uh, 
And I seen that if I didn't bring my body, now I, don't, I know this is going to offend some people and some people are going to get touchy about it, uh, but I'm just telling you how I found victory, right? I realized that was going to hinder my life. That was going to hinder my ministry. And if I didn't bring my body under subjection, look, I'm not telling you Mountain Dew will send you to hell, but if the Holy Spirit says, Daryl, bring your body under subjection, and I say, yeah, but I love Mountain Dew, well, then what am I saying? We need to know what is hindering us in life. Let's think about that for a minute. Is it Satan or is it the flesh when we know we ought to read our Bible? And so we've picked um, a, a time before we go to work. But we stay out later and later at night. or We, we don't go nowhere at all. We just sit there in the house. And because we don't go to bed at a decent time, uh, we get up later than we should. And we, uh, you know, you carry on and do that for very long, and now you got a bad habit. And instead of getting up at, instead of getting up at 5.30, oh, you still got your alarm clock set at 5.30, but you lay in bed till 6, right? And then you say, oh, I just wish, I just wish Satan wouldn't fight me so about reading my Bible. Is Satan fighting you or are you fighting yourself? Right? Are you destroying yourself? Oh, so then how, what shall we do? We mortify our body. And we, said, we, we, we say, all right, I want to be more than a conquering through Christ Jesus. So every time, I don't, every time I don't get up at 5.30 to read my Bible, the next day I get up at 5. You say, well, Darrell, what good does that do? Well, you know what? It'll motivate you. It'll motivate what? The flesh. Oh, I don't want to get up at 5.30, let alone 5. Uh, it'll motivate you when, right, uh, when it's, uh, when it's 10, 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, and you say, I need to get in bed. It's like, yeah, I want to get in bed because I don't want to get, I don't have to get up at 5 uh, 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 if I can't get up at 5.30. It'll motivate you when the buzzer goes. You see what I'm saying? We so money, we are weak. Uh, is that something we can do then? It's something that as I get older, I, I, could, I couldn't do it. Uh, for a lot of times, I've already got it done. But uh, as far as waking up at, at 4.30 when I don't need to get up till 5 or waking up at 4 or 3.30 and you lay there and you toss and you turn, uh, well, then maybe, uh, maybe if we don't have the health, maybe we're on medication, we have to take pills, we can't take them on an empty stomach or whatever. I understand that, and I don't want you to think I'm beating you up. Uh, but there are more than one way to mortify. If you have a hard time crawling out of bed to go to church come Sunday morning, maybe you need to mortify the flesh and get up every day of the week the same time that you have to get up in order to be in church. You say, Dad, I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I, I agree with you. If that's not your lifestyle, don't do it. But make a commitment to the Holy Ghost that you're going to mortify the body. And so then, therefore, if I don't want to, if I have to get up at, uh, at 5.30 or 6 o'clock, however early it is, we have to get up or 
our children get up earlier on Sundays in order to get their chores done uh, than the rest of the week. But if you can't get up at, say, 6.30 on Sunday, I uh, say, all right, well, I, uh, for the next week, every day I'm going to get up at 6.30 and I'm going to get in the Word of God I, and, and count that as a fast I, and be dedicated to the Lord in doing that I, uh, so that when the next week rolls around I, and it comes Sunday, I, uh, you've already for uh, six days I got up at 6.30 I, and it's still going to be harder, ain't it? Does anybody know how the devil works? I, or shall I say how the flesh works? I, uh, it's always harder to get up on Sunday I, than any other day of the week for some. I, I, and so then you can say, well, I, I'm getting up at 6.30. Because I, I don't want to get up at 6.30 the rest of the week. I, I, I don't want to sleep in. I, and if you do these things, I, we can quit blaming the devil for our failures and we can start trusting in our Savior to give us the strength to defeat the flesh. And instead of having a misguided prayer and saying, oh, the devil's beat me up. No, your worst enemy is the flesh. Then we'll also understand that sometimes it's not a spiritual warfare. It's a physical warfare. And a physical warfare needs to be fought with the spirit, but in the physical realm that we live in. Can it be that simple? We already said sometimes we blame Satan for them dirty thoughts that he didn't put there. He didn't, you know, my, my, my father always mentioned, his grandfather said, and I don't know where he heard it, but he said, um, you can't help. You can't help the birds that fly over your head, but you don't, let, you don't have to let them make a nest in your hair. You know, that's true. Unless you pick to choose to live under a crow's roost. Right? There are people that because of the decisions they've made, they have positioned themselves just like Lot and his family, and they pitch their tent facing Sodom and Gomorrah. I wonder how many times he was losing control of his children and he said, what am I going to do? Uh, these pagans are just, uh, they're just way too influential on my family. Uh, you know what? Maybe if we lived within the walls of the city, we wouldn't see all the filthiness that goes on outside them walls. Because you know that's why it is a lot of times, right? Uh, and a lot of, that's what's so terrible about uh, today. Used to you had to go to the seediest part of of a particular town, what they call it, the red light district, yeah, uh, in order to see the very things that people carry around now in their pocket. Uh, I can remember as a kid hearing stories about, uh, uh, you, you, well, you, demonic, evil, vicious child molesters would go to Singapore and would go to Thailand in order that they could, they could buy children. Do you know the biggest... According to, a, according to a man that uh, runs an organization that saves, uh, that saves children from sex slavery, the biggest market in the world is the United States. And people carry around access, something that you'd have to use to fly all the way to Thailand. and It was only reserved for the, the morally corrupt rich people. Uh, now, uh, now for uh, just less than a $100 bill, 
other people that right here in America that's doing that same thing. And, and why is that? Uh, because, uh, because we live in a society of instant gratification. Um, I can remember a man, and uh, he got saved, and uh, he was, uh, he was uh, wrapped up not in those things as dark as that, but uh, he was connecting with women uh, on his phone. And I can remember a, a woman uh, uh, offered him godly wisdom. She said, I'm so thankful that you've come to the Lord, but you're going to have to make some hard decisions, and you might want to get rid of your phone for a time. For a time is what she said. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. There was just a, there was just such a light on that young man's face, and the darkness set in. And he looked down at the ground, and I prayed to the Lord, Oh God, might he not love his phone more than he loves you? But he was unwilling to do that. Why? The preacher don't have to give up his phone. The preacher wasn't hooking up with whores. Oh, my, my brother don't have to give up his phone. This one don't have to give up their phone. That one don't listen. Whatever the flesh, and however the flesh is ruling you, that, my friend, is the very thing you need to lay on the altar. Don't blame the devil. And the Bible forbids you to blame Christ and God the Father. But don't be so foolish as to blame Satan. When you yourself are your worst enemy. Oh, when you're hearing the lies that, that's, no, not Satan, not Satan telling you, but the lies of that people are telling you, people you pick and choose to be around you, uh, and then, and then in the quietness of your own mind and in the quietness uh, of, a, uh, of a place of serenity, uh, as you might steal away and pray, and then these words come back into your, don't you dare, don't you dare blame Satan for that. You have nobody to blame but yourself. Why? Because you were a willing participant to listen to somebody else that was feeding their flesh and feeding your flesh instead of walking in the Spirit. Now, were they doing, were they doing the deeds of Satan? Well, they very well most likely were. But Satan's not going to burn in hell for it. You are. If you don't repent. Satan's not going to send us to hell. Jesus Christ ain't going to send us to hell. But all will enter into hell who did not mortify the deeds of the flesh. And how do we do that? Through the Spirit. Right? There is a spiritual warfare going on in our world. But there is also a warfare between what we want and what Christ wants. And if we live our life with no constraints, if, listen, I, I used to have a Harley. I, I love dirt bikes. I, I, love, I, I love motorcycles. Um, uh, it, it's a source of contention in my family. My parents don't think I have any business having a motorcycle, having 10 children. And they, they genuinely have legitimate concerns. And I'm 52 years old, and there, there is um, 
my son bought a dirt bike and I got on it. And fortunately, it wasn't a big enough one to, to really to set me off, right? But it was big enough to hurt me. I tried to, uh, you know, it's harder to pop a wheelie and ride a wheelie on a bike that ain't got no guts than one you can just roll into it, right? And we kind of wiped out and busted my shin. And, uh, but you know what? That was, that kind of had that little bit of a, wow, yeah. But then, like a fool, it wasn't Satan. Satan didn't bring it to me. But I seen on, uh, I seen on the internet, this guy put a turbo. And listen, I love diesels, and I love diesel motors, not because of the set, the old 7.3 without a turbo. Uh, that, that doesn't, that's, that's, you don't want that. But you put a, you put something that'll whistle at you. <laughs> Uh, not that I ain't talking about some woman or some man. I'm talking about a turbo, right? There's just something that you fire up a diesel, and you get it in a good pull, and you hear that thing, and the boost building up. Well, I seen last night, I seen last night a guy has a turbo on a road, on a, on a road king. Uh, I think they come out, like basically are 78 horsepower. And he's turbo, now he's done, a, he tuned it. 260 horsepower. Now, nobody needs that on a motorcycle. But my goodness, when you fire it up, it whistles. And I could feel. What was I feeling? Last night, when, they, when he kicked that up and it went, I mean, I've never, I've never heard a turbo. I mean, really, you got to get boost going right, build up before you hear it. As soon as he cranked that up, almost like a blower than it was a turbo. But anyhow. I just, I felt that in my body, right? I felt the flesh saying, wow, now that's something I'd like to have. Would it bring glory to the Lord? Well, I could put Bible, I could paint Bible verses on the tank. Would it bring glory, would it bring glory to the Lord? No. No. But if somebody was sick and they needed me to pray with them, 260 horsepower will get you there awful quick. But still won't bring glory to the Lord. A, a preacher with, uh, with 20 speeding tickets, that's no kind of testimony. And it's just a, it's just a, it, it truly is just a, it's just a casket with two wheels. I said all that to say, was Satan there tempting me? Or was it the flesh? Did I want something? Did I want what I want? And there's people that live their whole life and they go for, and I'm talking about church members that go from one, it's a distraction, from one distraction to another to another. Now listen, if you've got a Harley with a turbo, I'd like to see it. I'm not telling you uh, that you ought to hide that thing. I'd like to look at it. Um, I would love to drive it, but I would never ask. But I'm, I, I'm saying all this to say, we need to bring this flesh under subjection. And if we live our life from going from one distraction to another distraction, before you realize it, you've wasted your life. And you've been a good Christian. And you didn't live out in open sin. But did you dedicate your life to the Lord? When, when you're dying, you're laying in that casket. 
whether it's a motorcycle wreck that killed you or whether it's in her old age. Did people, would people say, because of Christ, would genuinely miss this man for the effect that he had in his life? Because if we don't, we're living to the flesh. Let's get some song to sing. If Satan could get you to commit adultery or, or in anger kill somebody, you know, he would rejoice in all of, in all of his demons with him. But there's a lot of times that he's quite, just quite as content uh, to have a, a young Christian, somebody that was raised in a godly family, he's quite as content to have you distracted in these frivolous temporal things that have, no, that have no eternal significance. He can get you to devote your life about, about things that just don't matter. He's just as content as if you was living out in sin. Because even though he might not claim your soul, you won't be a device to save others by your spiritual testimony and your godly walk. Go ahead. Before sin is conceived, it is the flesh that lusteth. I appreciate your attention. I hope this will help you. Because sometimes we're distracted by what, what the battle's all about, right? And I know we need to be aware of the wiles of the devil. But we need just to be just as aware, right? So, Daryl... I just mentioned this, and I'm not making light of this at all. This is a serious entrapment that people fall into. Discontentment. And it doesn't have to be about our spiritual life. We can be discontent about the car we drive, about the job we have, and that in our unthankfulness, we anger God. Did you hear what he said? That the children of empty of, of Israel tempted God in the wilderness right you know how they tempted him through unbelief when the plague come through and all they had to do was look at the brazen serpent and what would possess somebody to lay there within within eye distance eye shot and refuse to look at the the serpent. I would encourage each and every one of you to know your weaknesses and to flee useful lust.
right? Now, obviously, we need to flee the devil. But before we ever go to the places where the devil reigns, we need to realize that there is useful, there is youthful lust that even us old people need to flee. Need to, and then to, to be aware of it, right? Sometimes just being aware of it, just like I mentioned, um, that very thing. If we, our eye, our eye is a gate to our soul. And what we fill our eyes with is the very thing that we'll not only communicate to the world, but we'll even convince ourselves that's of importance. When it could be of nothing more than a distraction that leads sin. I love each and every one of you. I ask you to pray for me and my family and 